Hey guys, and welcome to the Gut Life Podcast, and you're like, Bish, what's going on? Are you dead or something? I'm not dead. I'm alive. Uh, that wasn't a reference to dead or alive. Don't worry, guys. I'm here in... Where am I? Cumbridge Wells. Cumbridge Wells. It was very... Um, yeah, it was very difficult to get here, I would say, um, because southeastern trains are very unreliable. My train was, like, delayed twice or something. But enough about that, and you're like, Bish, why are you here in Cambridge Wells? What what brings you here? Well, I'll let them tell you. And you're like, who's them? I'm very intrigued. Well, introduce yourself, guys. Hi, everyone. We're Marvellous Europe, um, and I'm Jonathan Neville, I'm product manager. Um, I mostly do, I handle the submissions to Sony, Nintendo, um, age rating boards, uh, Special editions, sort of, we, we all do a lot, we all mix in, and uh, there's, there's always so much to do, so uh, we do a bit of everything. Oh, oh, I'll work as well. Yeah, yeah. Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Mike Fisher, uh, community manager. I've probably spoke to a lot of you on Twitter and Facebook and customer support. I do a lot of different things, trailers, and all sorts of stuff. And, you know. <laughs> um, I'm Jenny Martin Alvarez. I'm um, the marketing manager at Marvels, and yeah, I actually speak to a lot of people through um, also communication. To the, um, also, yeah, I'm doing all the marketing activity, activities for Marvels. Mm-hmm. And I'm Javier Martin Alvarez, and I'm also in product management and localization. So I give a hand to John with all the age rating things and submissions and so on. Also capture footage when it needs to be captured, and maybe going forward, uh, I will be doing more of localization. So you're like, okay, Bish, why are you here? Why? What brings you to Marvelous? Well, as you guys know, uh, we did an episode before where I was talking about the ultimate PlayStation Vita games, and we were having kind of this discussion about PlayStation Vita versus Nintendo 3DS, obviously. I'm more on the Sony side, so I've obviously um, gone with the PlayStation Vita on that one. Um, however, we spoke about a certain game called Senran Kagura Shinobi Versus, and that's why we're here. Not specifically for Senran Kagura Shinobi Versus, but for Senran Kagura in general, as well as the other games, the other awesome games that Marvelous AQL Europe provides. So now Marvelous Europe. Oh my! Oh now it's changed. Well, yeah. when I came here, it said Marvelous AQL. Why did they change names? They're not was it not cool enough? I think they just merged the subsidiary with the one company or something like that. I don't really know the details before I arrived. Because I know in Japan it's still AQL, isn't it? Marvel's AQL. Well, Marvel's Inc. Oh, is it? Kind of company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what all our legal ones say anyway. Very consistent that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Fun fact, as I came in, you could tell that this was the marvellous office when, you know, you got the Senran Kagura <laughs> stickers, stickers on the, on the doors, yeah. yeah, that was very interesting to see, <laughs> um, although it was it was kind of ghetto, I have to admit, especially <laughs> with, the, with the printed sign, you guys should really invest in, <laughs> I can help you out with yeah. that, don't worry. After visiting Marvelous Japan and seeing how nice everything is and clean, and I spent a lot of money on sprucing up their offices, mm-hmm. hopefully when we move. Uh, early next year, we'll, we'll get out of there. <laughs> Spend some money on decorating the place. Oh, awesome, yes. <laughs> are you guys, for the new office, are you going to get it like all orange or? 
When you were in Japan, I got a little email of a look at the marvelous Japan office, and there's a pictures of all the different marvelous cups, three ice cream things. Big sign, they made everything in plastic lettering, marvelous. So, is their office like, how different is it from here? Because this is quite a large office for, you know, five people. Yeah. To be honest. Um, so their offices are spread across multiple floors, mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot, lot more people. I mean, I, I didn't get to see everything, but some of the rooms I did see, you know, it was literally desk to desk, there were about 100 people in uh, one room. And then, then you had the localization department, who, um, who I talked to quite a bit, uh, and they, they were all squashed together, there about five of them. <laughs> at, at the end of one of the rows, and I was like, wow, I thought you guys would be bigger, mm-hmm. a bigger team, but it's, you know, it's so small. How many people work at Knowledge Japan? Hundreds. Hundreds. <laughs> that, that's my best guess. <laughs> so within the office, do they do like um, development of games in-house, or they set that yeah. up to work? <clears throat> I didn't get to see that bit, but the Takasan and uh, the whole uh, team is uh, on a separate floor. Um, but also Tamsoft, that's a separate uh, mm-hmm. building yeah. uh, in Japan. So, um, I wanted to go and see them as well. But I, I just want to make sure it's a Was there a lot of. Although um, they did have like anime pillows and stuff like that. Oh, Figurines on the inside, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm guessing. You, you guys have figurines as well. And you've got a body pillow right here. <laughs> People are like, what? Body pillow? Wow. You, special, just, you just have to describe it. I, I don't want to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is. It's we, a beautiful we, pillow. I've only teased it on Twitter, so. Yeah, we have the rough design on. Update one. One and two. This is the actual physical print. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. from what Jenny told me, that this is only exclusive to Europe. That's okay. correct. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for S4 Versus, just to get that. Mm-hmm. So no one else nope. in Japan or, or America or anything like that can get this, only Europeans. That's, that's right, as it, mm-hmm. it sounds at the moment. So, we, mm-hmm. so when I was thinking about special editions for eBay, um, you know, this I knew that they'd, they'd already produced Dakinokura for some of the characters, and I thought this would be an excellent edition to the special edition. So how did you decide like what artwork would go on the body pillow or anything like that? Or do you have to send it back to Japan and then they're like, no, use this design or what? Every single thing we do needs to be approved approved, uh, by multiple people, multiple company divisions. It's that's quite a hard thing to to do. But um, we, in this case, uh, we agonise over you know which characters to choose. For ages, and that, that was uh, one of the hardest bits, I think. Yeah, um, months long process. <laughs> to, to start off, we were thinking maybe just new characters, uh, promoting UB, um, but then you know some of the old characters, fan favourites, and we, we really couldn't decide, so we put it to the community in the end. We did mm-hmm. two uh, polls. Yeah. Um, the first poll was ended up deciding the uh, front. Um, and we were very wary of the results because it wasn't as predicted that that part. Um, so, but we we took the results about an hour, in, and I think everyone could see the logic behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone seems to be quite 
happy yeah. uh, as as always. Well, so that's great. You weren't originally going to choose this, both these characters for this mm-hmm. front design. Um, it was after some discussion and seeing some of the popular we were like, we'll we'll give this to to Kaki and see what he can do with it. You yeah. know, it was that yeah. kind of decision. Kaki's very much led. You know, very much for dreams and novel, mm-hmm. and you know, he he wanted to know uh, who the favourite characters were for Europe, um, and this was the best way he could try and gauge that. Mm-hmm. Um, he really wanted to have two characters on the front, and to said that Hikari and Katsurani were favourite from the community. Mm-hmm. He immediately made us walk up, and we couldn't convince him to have only one. It was really nice. <laughs> yeah, no, we're very happy we ended up with having Hikari. And then luckily they appeared in the games as well, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, that worked out very nicely. And then of course went from the back to yeah. show our support for the new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the second poll decided. She's the community favourite. She won by landslide, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah she <laughs> she was really the community favourite. Um, next one was Ali Mae, so... Yeah. Yeah. so it's very nice. Yeah. So do you think a lot of people are going to be buying this or because there's a special way to get it and how do you how do you guys get it uh, at the moment it's pre-orders just on our site mm-hmm. um we're thinking of possibly including it on amazon but mm-hmm. i think we will yes um, just working on logistics of that mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're still deciding the last sort of details of being special edition how the boxes come on together so how many do you think you're going to be selling roughly? Yeah. Like how many have you set aside and said, okay, we're going to be doing this many and after it's gone, it's gone? Um, we are estimating in the thousand, okay. a couple of thousand, that's, that's the stock we're going to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pleasantly surprised with the orders we have already. Um, and obviously as we get nearer to launch, we're going to ramp up the marketing. Uh, but a secret idea in the works, which may or may not come to fruition, but it it should be quite fun to do that. Which which will hopefully you know push push more sales and you know share this awesome edition. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this um that was obviously the SK two mm-hmm. edition I uh, they, you know, we haven't got many of these left now. Yeah, they, the yes, in the mousepad. So many of them sold. <laughs> <laughs> and we knew we had to do better than this. Yeah. Uh, we, what could we, what could we do? What, what other thing could we do that was better than the mousepad? That can be good. <laughs> so in the future, what do you think you can do better than a body club? Oh, uh, sure. Go for a company shirt and look around in the shops. <laughs> For people that don't know, because we just went straight in talking about Samurai Kagura, what is the game about? Like, if you were to describe it in your own words, how would you describe it? Because uh, I know how I would describe it. <laughs> I just want to see how you would describe it. So, if you were to describe it to someone who's never heard of the game before, mm-hmm. it's a fighting game, beat em up, but with uh, many attractive characters. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's my. Uh, <laughs> that is a very safe description. <laughs> uh, the way I would describe the game is that I would also use the word beat em up and you know hack and slash possibly for mm-hmm. Nestle versus Genoa mm-hmm. versus. I would use the word edgy though. The game is quite edgy. Um, there's a lot of focus on 
breasts and pants and whatnot. <laughs> but you can, it's kind of like an onion, you know, you have to peel away the layers <laughs> until you get to the core, and the core is quite um, sweet and it's quite. I don't know how to describe it. It's a really, really well made game. And don't let the tits put you off. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people would be very afraid, like I was at the beginning, when I was like, no, no, I can't play this game. Um, because it's just it's too much sexual. Yeah. Like, uh, too much, like, um, sexualized nature within the game. And that does put people off, but the game does have a solid storyline and it does get emotional at times, especially with Katsuragi's um, story. And, you know, there's. There's characters that you hate at the beginning, but then you love towards the end, um, and it's very hilarious as well. Interesting story. Uh, we had SK2 at London Anime Convention, and we were we were next to a group of indies, and uh, it's funny because at first they were like, "Oh, you know, what's what's all this?" Mm-hmm. And then like, by the end of the two-day show, they're like every now and again coming along and playing it. I remember one one kid running off to play with uh, some of the indie games. And his dad was just playing SK2 for like <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> it's, it's funny just to see yeah, people's I perceptions change as they play. Yeah, I think I did it once. Uh, it was a very different top end to what I played before, but uh, as I played it, there's like boot moon characters, and you, it sort of ties, ties together, it, it mm. just works. A lot of people on the Gamescom, they were shocked at the beginning, but they were captivated at the beginning, <laughs> like yeah. laughing and having fun. Uh, it was great to see, and the more people that came, uh, women even liked it. We had a lot of fans, mm-hmm. female, which was great. Yeah, we definitely need a reaction camera. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the booth next time, it was so great. So, in regards to the game, um, I'm going straight in here. Who's your favourite characters? Because I already know who mine is, and if you can guess my favourite character, I will... I don't know what I would do. I'll give you something special, <laughs> if you can guess. There's a lot. <laughs> I'll give you three tries. I can start. Uh, how about Katsuragi? No? No, not at all. She's the best. Mirai. <laughs> Mirai? No. No, 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 no. Why are you guys not getting... Um, I'd say it's pretty obvious. Asuka? I say Asuka. <laughs> what, what <laughs> it's on the shirt. So. It's on the shirt. You guys should have realised that. No. I, I thought that was too in. obvious though. That's why I wear the shirt all the time. Um, yeah, I like Asuka because she's, she's really like spirited. She's like, yeah. yeah, awesomeness. And um, also her, her grandfather is just hilarious. <laughs> um, oh shit, no. There you go. It's um, what this is. I have to describe it because it's a podcast, but this is actually our logo. Um, I used to cut that myself. Pretty badass. If you see me at Expos, I would normally be um, giving you that. Anyway. um, Favorite characters. Yeah, favorite characters. Ikuruga. Why? Because I always play in every single game, Mm -hmm. mostly JRPGs or Mm -hmm. RPGs, depending on the most holy. Like warriors, I can. I'm like the righteous hero. She's the obvious choice for me. The sword is pretty badass. I'm stuck between like three characters. Hikage, Adoji, and Ryobi. Yeah. (laughs) But why is that? 
Uh, why can't you choose one? There can only be one best girl. They're all, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I like them three the most. I like Ruby for her personality mm-hmm. and her gun is amazing. And Hikage is just, just great, you know, a stoic character. Mm-hmm. And then Daidoji, she's just most attractive. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually like Miyabi the most, which is very bad because no one seems to like her in any of our poems. <laughs> it's so mean. I, I like her whole um, design, I like her fighting style. Uh, she's very quiet but a uh, very spirited woman. Um, mm-hmm. I also like Daidoji, but I think I'm less attracted. No, maybe I'm attracted to her. But no one really likes them. It's such a pity. I never get merchandise. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine because then you know that you're the only one that likes her. And there's, there's more of a connection. There's Daidoji fans out there. There should be. Yeah, like Chu. <laughs> well, then it's more special when you meet them. You're like, oh, we have yeah. something in common. Yes. <laughs> I like Katsuragi. She, you look at her, she looks so innocent, and then all of a sudden you realize that she's only thinking about grabbing everyone's boobs all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The thing is, I... Katsuragi's okay, but what I don't like about her is her fight style. Because mm. uh, for me, I tend to play hack and slash games and beat them up all the time. You know, Dynasty Warriors, Ninja Gaiden, stuff like that. So when you see a character that's just kicking all the time, it, it puts me off. It's good. like... Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather go with someone that actually uses a weapon, yeah. uh, like the swords, as um, Asuka, or um, I, forgot what other, I forgot the rest of the characters. Um, and the thing is, I was just playing the game on on the train right here. Uh, I don't like her either because she she reminds me um, a lot of what's his name? It's from a different game completely. It's a Capcom. She reminds me of a character from Date Masamune from uh, not Samurai Warriors, the spin-off game. Shit, I can't Sengoku Basara. She reminds me of one of those characters because they have similar fight styles, they have similar weapons as well. Um, and also she kind of looks very similar to Tasuka. Very, very similar, as if they're related or somehow. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of plot twist and they're like, oh my god, they're like twins or something. Um, best of friends. They are the best of friends. Um, another thing that I really, really wanted to talk about is least favorite characters. Because that's, that's a very interesting one. But there's this one character, I forgot her name. I keep on forgetting characters' names because this one. What I don't like about Murasaki is that she's just so innocent and and her thing, Bebe, is thing mm. Bebe. that's the only thing I can remember because that's just fucked up. Why does she have this kind of obsession with Bebe? And why she just goes crazy because the root of calamity or whatever it's called. Th- yeah, that freaks me out. Imagine seeing a girl just on the street in the train station holding a bear talking to it, I would run away. <laughs> I would rather jump on the train than just sit and talk to her. Um, other characters I don't like? I don't like Yumi. Why is that? Just find her boring. Just because it's Japan's favourite. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just have to be the hit. I, I, just, I just don't like, I just, 
I know the blue eyes, the grey hair. Doesn't mm-hmm. you mentioned the art that they're fighting inside? Oh, I'm not keen on the, yeah, her with the uh, with the fans. His fans, yeah. mm-hmm. nice. There's another character I don't like as well. Um, that one? No, no, she's awesome. <laughs> You're one she's, of the few. <laughs> why am I one of the few? Why? I don't know why Do people don't not, not like her? Or? I don't, yeah, I don't know why people don't like her. She 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 <laughs> I don't like her. Haruka? Um, yes. Yeah. Do you know why? Because she's so perverted. Yeah. And for me, she that's just really it. awkward because I, I play this game predominantly on the trains. <laughs> and I, ha- I play my own game and I, you know, I'm, I'm in the zone. And sometimes what I like to do is I like to freak out everyone else on the train. I know that's very unfair of me, but um, I like to do that because sometimes you want to freak people out while you're playing a game. Um, so what I tend to do is I just tend to play Senran Kagura and I do the, the transformations, but I don't do the transformations. You know, the other transformation where you just... Like the frantic mode. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I do that on purpose because I have to make sure that there's a large group of people around me so they can <laughs> see what's going on. Because then it generates interesting conversations. Some people will leave and go to the next carriage. And that's happened before. Other people will sit down and they said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this on the train? And it's interesting because then you get to explain to them this is the game, this is what it's about, blah, blah, blah. And some people have actually gone and bought the game, which is, which is very interesting. Not many, though. So <laughs> my sort of experiments aren't working and, yeah. It's actually very interesting. Um, Haruka is uh, one of the American favourites. I Whereas can tell. in Europe we have Yukage mm-hmm. and in Japan it's Yumi. And Europe doesn't like really Yumi and Haruka. <laughs> like it's really the fan least favorite. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great to see. I'm it. not sure why the Americans love Haruka. Because I honestly very much dislike her, especially her weapon, like weird. You've got a thing with pets, haven't you? You're not keen on them. Yeah, the, the, the robot thing is weird because it, it just reminds me of something like a hentai. Like if I just showed someone Haruka and her weapon, people would think, what kind of fucked up <laughs> shit is this? And I think that's why there's a reason she's not the poster girl for Senran Kagura. We all know that's why. She's I like uh, Kifuru. She has a dolphin. <laughs> I, I'm not, okay, I like pets, but when you kind of mix that in with games and you put like really creative sort of weaponry it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i don't think it necessarily works for haruka it does suit her personality because she is perverted and i can understand that she wants to be some sort of yeah um with you know tentacles and whatnot but maybe she's into that that's her own opinions and whatnot but for me it freaks me out and i think it freaks out a lot of other people i'm not sure if that's true but you've mentioned that the americans love it for some reason (laughs) Now we know their fetishes. It's, um, but yeah, something that really kind of drew me to the game. Someone told me, oh, have you checked out the game? This is how I first found out about it. Um, someone told me to play Bon Appetit first. <laughs> and Good first game. Interesting. Very that, that was very interesting, but then I don't know. I didn't know what to say to that because, you know, I understand it is it's kind of a funny game and whatnot. It's a good game whatnot. But I didn't really get into it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? It's not... more of a spin-off. It, yeah, it's, it's a more of a spin-off. Spin-off. And I understand it's for people that enjoy the 
Shinobi Versus and they want to play, get more of it, more story, more jokes and whatnot. Um, another thing I like about One Appetit is something that I have to mention is that DLC crosses over, am I correct? Like um, yes. costumes and things like that. Which you don't really see in a lot of spin-off games. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that you guys do that. And just give people the chance to enjoy the DLC across multiple games. Can now we like Asuka's your favourite character. Because the first time you play Bon Appetit, it's the first level you play as Asuka and you win and she's covered in cream. <laughs> I'm no comment. <laughs> no comment at all. If you win. Even within, it, it's kind of weird. Like, there's a lot of jokes within the game, especially with the granddad's famous uh, sushi rolls and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because cream and some sushi rolls, I've never, never sort of <laughs> heard that before. And especially once you finish her, oh, what's it called? The No, I was. I'm talking about within Shinobi Versus, where you have the oh, the character, character storyline. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you finish that, you get this kind of piece of artwork where it's just all the girls covered in cream and it's like what the hell this doesn't make any sense at all uh, but it's interesting it's very interesting and this is something that I've kind of mentioned before yes we do talk about the game is very sexualized and there are a lot of jokes but at the end of the day it is a good game and it will kind of get you in the feels like it got me in the feels especially with Katsuragi's story and a lot of other characters, so that's why I can respect Katsuragi. <laughs> but before, at the beginning, I was like, oh man, I'm such a bitch, I don't like her. <laughs> and then once I played her story, I was like, whoa, I feel so depressed and I feel so like sad because of uh, you know, her parents and whatnot. That kind of really upset me. Um, but yeah, you can tell that I'm really, really into this game. And <coughs> I think if you guys like it, then go and buy it right now because you know it's got my seal of approval. Um, how different are the the 3DS games compared to the, the ones on the Vita? Because I know that, that there is a difference, although I don't own a 3DS, and many so people... Why? Why not? So I'm going to go and for, buy a 3DS. For, for a second, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I already got it, and I do love the game, so maybe for Christmas. I'll get, I'll get a 3DS. But what I wanted to know was... For those people who've never necessarily played Zenon Cover before, what's the difference between the 3DS games and the Vita and PS4 game that's coming out? Um, it's sort of a different style, isn't it? It's yeah. The way the camera angles are and sort of the flow of combat is a little bit different. Possibly, yeah, the Nintendo games are more uh, 2D. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a 2.5. Yeah, they've got yeah. the depth in the background. Yeah. You can SK2 has a bit more depth Yeah, the first one. Yeah, making it a bit more like Shinobi versus, but I would feel the internal the story is a bit more tightly controlled than this, at least in 2D. Um, I don't know, better in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's my preference. I, that I don't know, it's just a Nintendo guy anyway, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, but uh, yeah, I prefer those games. I like the start of Estimate versus, just like sort of kind of. No. Almost sort of over the shoulder camera. I don't know if that's because they play really quite a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the series is evolving, so yeah. it seems like they've taken everything they've learned from Destiny 2 and Shinobi Versus, mm-hmm. and then you know, Extra Versus is now like, even better on a bigger platform. So, do the storylines link between the games? Like, if I'm going to be first time, I'm going to be playing Estival Versus, would I need to have played the previous games to actually understand what's going on? Or? 
I don't think you wouldn't need to have uh, played the previous games. No. Mm-hmm. Each game yeah. has like arcs and stuff. Estral versus is definitely its own sort of. Well, I won't spoil the story too much, but it's it can be considered its own thing. You know, mm-hmm. sort of walk to this uh, this desert island, and no, they don't even know what's going on. So mm-hmm. you know, it's up to you to find out what happens. But obviously, having played the previous games, you understand the personality. And in regards to Estival Versus, because you know it's the next game in the line in terms of it's the second, well, the third PlayStation Vita game of the of the franchise. So once again, the DLC crossover, or is completely different sets of DLCs? Uh, we're just figuring that out right now, but it is it is cross bar. Mm-hmm. So if you buy on PS4, you're also on the Vita. Yeah. Us. We hope to cover DLC in our upcoming update oh. as well. So we, you know, really want to get that news out there, uh, so people you know, understand the s- scheduling of the DLC, what's coming mm-hmm. when, uh, so they can, can prepare for launch, <laughs> prepare their wallets. I <laughs> see. The thing is with with Estival versus what attracts me to the game is the fact that it is a PS4 game. You know. And there isn't many sort of games like this, like hack and slash, because to be honest, the genre is dying. I'll be honest with you, um, especially with games that are just being churned out every year. Uh, I don't want to name and shame companies, but <laughs> you guys probably, I'll tell you after the recording. Um, you know, companies just churning, like, kind of like Call of Duties, basically, of Japan, with just games like Dynasty Warriors. Oh, I've just said it. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors just being churned out, a new game every year. And it does get a bit annoying and it does kind of devalue hack and slash. And that's why people don't necessarily get attracted to hack and slash anymore because that was back in the PS2 days yeah. and whatnot. But this game is, is very interesting because, you know, what a better way to attract people to hack and slash other than. Yeah. You know, mm. attractive looking characters because that's yeah. the first thing people are going to see. They're going to be like, "Whoa, boobs!" You know, that's <laughs> the first thing. Um, and I think there might be a slight revival with um, sort of good hack and slash games in terms <laughs> of Dragon Quest Heroes, yeah. uh, Hyrule Warriors. I, the thing is, that's that's the weird thing. It's like they're made by the same people that made Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, yeah Dynasty Warriors is on like this downhill. Uh, Slope, which yeah, it's, it's really odd actually. But there's a new, uh, new Fantasy Dissidia game as well, which is for arcade. I'm pretty sure that's made by Koei Koei Tecmo is making yeah. all of the hack and slash games now, which is it's really surprising. They're a lot more highly polished than their own, kind of. But when the thing is, when they're making games for other companies, like other publishers, like for instance, um with One Piece and Namco Bandai, oh, yeah. you can tell that game is really highly polished because they know that there's a big one, One Piece fan base, for yeah. instance, or with the Gundam games, it's a similar sort of thing. But when you have games like Dynasty Warriors, which aren't necessarily well known, there's not much people in the West that are. The game can get very buggy, <laughs> um, at least from my experience. I recall reading a couple of years ago about how like, Dynasty Warriors fan base in Japan, a large number of it was sort of Japanese salarymen hmm. who would go home after work and just mindlessly murder thousands of people. 
sort of like I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't know the truth of this article but it's what I read it was interesting to think of it <laughs> yeah, it is interesting and I think it possibly might be true because these people a lot of them kind of work in big office spaces and there's a lot of pressure I wouldn't say it's like your office space you guys get quite a lot of space and your own, you're in your own zones but these people are like next to someone else and yeah. they get a lot of pressure from you know upper mm. people in work and whatnot yeah, I wouldn't want to work in an environment like that Used to work in like probably like not, not even double the size of this room and had like forty people death to death to death. Wow, that's pretty yeah. So as a team, do you guys play the games together? Like, do you have like Friday nights? It's like yeah, this game we're gonna play this game today. Or do like do you guys do that? Like have like some sort of bonding? Uh, we've we've done a couple of lunch times mm-hmm. uh, when when we have time, and we play a lot of games in our own my personal time. So when I first get projects through, I want to know as much about it as quickly as possible, so I'll take it home, play it over a weekend, and then, you know, um, we, we all end up working on the games anyway, so we'll we'll talk to each other about the game, the, the games always end up on someone's desk at some point in the in the project cycle, so we all do get to play them, yeah. Um, in terms of, like, playing together, it's something would be good to do more, but... Mm-hmm. You can't do much in office because well, my own thing is very good. <laughs> so, and uh, but yeah, something. No, no, Javier and Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really time. Like it's we're so busy with three projects on the go. You know, there's only four four of us really working on this mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, so does it get uh, sometimes heated in the project, or like within the office? Are you guys like battling it out or like? <laughs> Yeah, you've had some stressful micro fights mm-hmm. just yesterday. Um, <laughs> it can it can vary, you know. Everyone's human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I, we're all we're all friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Javier and John are, are getting into Warhammer together. You, yeah. you, you do? Yeah, I'm playing the figures. Leaps and bounds, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a, a pub and card game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pub every now and again. This is something that happens. So this is something I've kind of noticed with a lot of Japanese officers, and you're like, why am I asking? You're probably thinking, why am I going to be asking you this question? Because you know, not many people might not want to listen about this and stuff like that. But I think it's very interesting for people to know how these offices kind of run, and you know, sometimes when they're speaking to Jenny or to you on on Twitter, they don't necessarily understand that there is someone behind that computer screen and there is actually a human being and whatnot. So I've, I've noticed this, like, especially with a lot of Japanese companies in when they have offices in, in London or in UK, they are quite small. And I don't necessarily understand why that is, because I know the Tecmokoi guys, their office is about three, four people. Um, same with, I think the only big one would be Square Enix, but I'm not quite sure. And obviously Namco Bandai, but... Why do you think you guys have this kind of small office in comparison to Japan or uh, I'm guessing the American office is considerably bigger than this one? I think, yeah, I think they're about three and four times as yeah. I think a part of it will find people that the, the games are very niche. Mm. Um, there is a number of games and I think the amount we bring to the UK, or sorry, Europe every year is sort of determined by how much we can do as a, as, as a team. And right now we've got three projects going on at once mm-hmm. and it's proving quite the task to manage everything. Um, so imagine that'd be like, until we get more people, that's as many as we can take on at a time. 
and then you know if you do expand take on more expand again take on more you know and then you start having like little divisions of teams and things like that I imagine we are still relatively new as well so yeah, like we're more of a startup in the point when we started out it was mainly mobile games yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we did um, and then we shifted over to console um, and that required you know learning a whole new process we've we've had we've seen the team shrink and grow and shrink um, so hopefully now we've got quite a, a stable core team here we can mm-hmm. just expand with with hopefully the success of uh, these games mm-hmm. and, and then we'll be able to do more hopefully mm-hmm. yeah. seeing if we can localize to now I'm John and Javier Spanish so mm-hmm. yeah that's we can walk previously we, we yeah. haven't had in the office so no that's really great so you mentioned localization now so you guys do that in office as well or well, just not, small not just yeah <laughs> yeah press releases and so on we can take care of it as well yeah. Yeah. we like to do bigger things in the future we work quite closely with XE and Marvel's USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're the ones that you know do this diligent translation of Japanese to English, and they do such a good job of it. And then we sort of, we sort of, can we can we have can we have a bay? <laughs> but yeah, they're really nice guys, and you know, yeah, they're always very quick to help us out. Yeah. The thing is with XE, are they part of Marvelous or are they yeah. separate? Yeah. Okay, so Marvelous Inc. bought bought uh, XE. Mm-hmm. I see, because they do quite a lot of things, and not necessarily marvelous games as well. They they publish yeah, no, a we, range of like we, titles. We have that option too. Um, okay. We publish Arcadia Genesis on Steam. Worked right. with uh, Japanese company called Kenko. They have done a lot of older stuff, and that was just sort of a a trial. Um, more recently, called Spartan. More recently, yeah. not a marvelous title. Was with uh, Majors on Fight TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool office. So, so it's blue? Yeah. yeah. See, this is why you need to have the orange office. <laughs> 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 Letting the team down. Yeah. Yeah. Robots and stuff. Robots? What? Yeah, it's like a robot in the point. Like, I was busy distracted with something else whilst uh, the lady was explaining it. I'm not sure if they're delivered to me or it was just a very cool theory. Just you guys don't have the budget for robots and stuff. That would be pretty badass. I'll get that Linkadol. Have you seen the battery drive? Linkadol. Yes, look at our Arthur Pinion fans. Yeah. Special edition. Yeah, next time you come. Oh, there's going to be a next time I come. What? That might greet you. Hopefully. Um, I forgot what I was going to talk about now. Sorry. We, we were talking about team size and team size. Other, other games. That, yeah. yeah. But right now, um, we're just focusing on Marvelous titles. Because mm-hmm. they've got quite a few you know, lined up. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what sort of titles other than Estival Versus you guys have lined up? We haven't announced anything yet. Oh, so I can announce it. In the next few weeks, we will have. Alright. Well, I mean, this is possibly. Yeah, one we can announce. I mean. There's one, go- there's one yeah. we're going to announce one on Monday, Tuesday yes. next week, which is Nitro Plus Blasters Heroines Infinite Jewel, mm-hmm. which is a 2D anime fighting game from uh, featuring a roster of Nitro Plus characters. Oh, right. uh, some famous characters in there. Which I'm sure you'll recognise. 
Can we, can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> we allowed to say that? As an actor plus, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which ones are which. Uh, Saya. Saya, Super Sonico. Yeah. You might know. Of, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's in the game. Saber from Fate. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the one who gets in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we had the build in London in Vauxhall. Yes. A tournament was Stan Voxel and that seemed to go down very well. Yeah, yeah, everyone really enjoyed it. Really passionate. And and that's a marvelous title or? Uh, yes. Yes. And it's already out many Japan, or? No. We're no. trying to make it release dates as close as possible. Oh, okay. Like a simultaneous sort of release. Yeah. That is yeah. That's, that's the, the plan. But <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because you don't necessarily see a lot of Japanese uh, companies with no, with the offices in Europe do that. It's the first time we're trying to mm-hmm. achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, things things get delayed for all sorts of reasons and um, but this game fighting games in particular, that can be picked up quite easily yeah. by anyone. It's like the rhythm action games. Mm-hmm. Like you don't necessarily need to understand Japanese to be able to play through the whole game. So that's another reason why we're trying to push this one close together. Mm-hmm. I kind of I'm very interested in sort of anime fighting games uh, specifically with ones that I, I know the characters like oh my god this character here and this one there uh, but they're quite popular at the moment there's about like two that have been released last year I forgot the names of them um, Guilty Gear and Glass Blue I know they came out for PS4 recently I don't mean as in anime fighters and in that type of anime fight. I mean like anime fighters with characters from specific anime. Oh, okay. There's this one of them, I forgot the name, but they had like characters from all these different manga, like Nisei Koei. Oh, things uh, like um, All-Star Fighters or I something I think like so, that. yeah. Anime, yeah, and there was another one, uh, was it J-Star's Victory? That's the one. That's the one. It has like characters from Dragon Ball Z, Naruto and stuff like that. It's like... It's like putting two children in the room and they're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be Goku. You know what I mean? It's like having them just talk and have their imaginations. I would imagine that they that's what they did in the Japanese offices. They just got two toddlers. Well, toddlers. I don't think toddlers would have watched Dragon Ball Z. But they got two kids and they just started talking and they just recorded what they said and they're like, okay, that's a game. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you think that maybe it does. It did in that maybe <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised actually, but that's that's what they don't want you to know. <coughs> yeah, not pretty exposed. It's interesting, sort of um, working in an office like this because the busiest times of the day I find is like between nine and one in the afternoon because you get in the office and Japan is still working, but they've sent you all the emails overnight, mm-hmm. so you you know you get back to them. And then when we leave, America start their shift. And then when America finish their shift, Japan start their shift. Oh, it's sort of like a constantly revolving like Mexican wave of work around the world. It's an interesting paradigm. Mm-hmm. So do you guys kind of rely on the other teams specifically for something? Like if you needed help, you'd contact America or Japan or how that works? Because you mentioned that you always report back. You have to report back to Japan and yeah. tell them what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah we have to get everything approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just learned over you know, the time I've been here, um, just keep everyone in the loop, especially you know, the, the key people. Uh, we can't just go ahead and, and think, oh, this would be a great idea, let's just do it. Uh, even though we wanted to do that many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mostly keep, you know, we, we've got a product guy in Japan, we've got um, 
a more localization guy which deals with warranties and um, artwork and stuff like that. And There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people probably don't even know mm-hmm. is a thing that needs to be discussed. You know, constantly uh, in contact and then with uh, Exceed as well, you know, normally talking to them uh, every day as well through emails, just what what's the status on this, you know, have you got dates for this, mm-hmm. and then they might ask us for a, a couple of things, you know, we, we try and help out. Uh, help each other out as much as possible. We are also working very much together to release titles um, yeah. both in America and Europe, mostly at the same time now, trying mm-hmm. to schedule even our releases more or less so that you know um, the whole Western world has one release instead of um, people having to ask, is it coming to Europe? Is it coming to America? We want to mm-hmm. avoid it, we want to give as much, uh, we want to make it as clear as possible for everyone. Awesome. Because I do realise that the Americans have a different day of release. I think it's like a Tuesday or something mm-hmm. where they tend to release games and yeah. in Europe it tends to be a Friday. I don't understand why Americans do that. They just like to piss about. I'm just <laughs> Who would buy a game on a Tuesday? I don't know. I think it's something to do with their retail update dates or something. Um, but we don't, uh, us here at least, we don't sell into retail. So we can release on a Tuesday if you wanted to. Yeah, but why would you want to? Oh, just to match America, you know, make everyone happy. Everyone gets it three days early. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we try and push the data together as close as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's platform holders, like Nintendo or Sony, you know, have a specific day. Like, All right. Day. Nintendo's on Thursdays, yeah. Um, you know, when the eShop updates. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it could be something like that. Other times we might just not be ready, or you know, they might just not be ready. So, yeah, but it's always something that comes up last minute. SK2, of course, but I've only been a few weeks apart, if I recall correctly. It wasn't like a major delay between the two or anything like that. Right. And we aimed for parity and sort of achieved it, which is nice. Um, we aimed for the same thing with you know, Nitro Plus, and that includes Japan as well, um, which, is, which is interesting. So one thing I wanted to know is that obviously you guys kind of control the social media side of things, you know, Twitters and whatnot. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's quite interesting. You guys are quite creative and you, we don't necessarily see that with a lot of companies. It tends to be like scheduled tweets like this game is out, go buy it. Um, but I've noticed the things that you guys did with Bon Appetit. Where did the idea come from that? You know, the... I'll let Jenny take over. Bon Appetit, which one? Um, oh, I forgot which one it was. I remember seeing someone have like this placemat and they just put two stakes over... Oh, right. So that was a collaboration with Rice Digital, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did it. It was a food um, like competition, like who can make a salmon cover of flavour food. And we saw loads of great entries, you know, it would be like two, two rice balls or <laughs> banana or <laughs> things like that. So um, what was the most interesting and like funniest thing that you guys seen <coughs> from that competition? From that competition? Because uh, I know for me the steaks were like the first thing that kind of popped up into my mind. I remember seeing like cakes as well and things like that. Uh, I can't think of something specific. It was so long ago now. I've replaced all that uh, <laughs> mental data with you. <laughs> I just remember them being, you know, like really creative and really great. And, uh, and they would like have chopsticks. And like, uh, one was recreating the front of the game package, oh. which, you know, that's quite clever. To do. So, how did you decide who won? 
Was it like the funniest or the most I, interesting? I think that was just left up to rice. Oh, so right. It's a collaboration with them. You know, they, I think they ranked it in, mm-hmm. in order of file. I think that's something they do. They decide just which one's the most creative, which one's the best. Um, yeah, hopefully we can have something similar for upcoming games. For sure. Yeah, we Maybe will. Yeah, actually, always looking out. Doing some awesome competitions. Um, we have very creative fans, um, cool ideas. Mm-hmm. We are also listening to feedback from the fans, even for our special editions. Mm-hmm. And it's really great. By the time it says, it already happened. But we have a really cool Christmas thing All right. coming up. Well, what's going on? It's uh, the idea of Jenny and Javier. Uh, I'll let you explain. So, we will have an advent calendar. So, for 25 days, we will make giveaways in the whole December. Um, so we're already working on it, planning it, um, it's getting released across the 1st of December, we will, um, we will make a big announcement of that. That's amazing, so I'm guessing the 25th will have like the ultimate <laughs> theft <Yes>. or... Yeah, we have some very awesome ideas. Yeah. Expect the things. Yes. <laughs> some things are like, you know, games, some things are just like fun things, mm-hmm. you know, you Useful things. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to tell them what's in front of me. Um, but this is quite interesting. Uh, fun fact for anyone that's listening, um, I'm just going to give you my email address now because my birthday's on Christmas Day. And you can send me stuff, you know. So my email address is uh, get hyphen a hyphen life at outlook.com. Um, I normally do, don't, don't be like afraid or anything. I normally do this uh, on the podcast, just give out my email address. Because people like to send me stuff, and I'm not going to say no to free, <laughs> free stuff. Um, and yeah, speaking of free stuff, we have some stuff here. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but it is quite kind of exciting. Um, got Corpse Party here. What is this game? Because I've never actually heard of it before. Corpse Party. It is. <laughs> so it's, it's a, a horror, horror game for the PlayStation Vita. Wow. Um, All right. Very good. Very good. Very Japanese. Yeah. By, mm-hmm. by Mages. Um, your your task in this this game is the last game in the trilogy mm-hmm. uh, finish, uh, finish, uh, finishes off the Heavenly Host trilogy um, the, uh, as Mike said survival horror you're wandering around with a torch um, exploring environments and, and getting scared and <laughs> <laughs> um, it just gets worse and worse and worse throughout the whole game it's great. that's the problem I, I was speaking to some other um, people already about it and um, a lot of people say it's not really that scary it's more of a psychological horror so it's really the story behind it yeah. and these um, children because it's an elementary um, oh, going oh. into the played the whole thing at midnight it was scary yeah <laughs> <laughs> headphones yeah, headphones. <laughs> it's a perfect way to play it. You can see why some of the pictures. Yeah, because this one, like, what's going on here? I mean, that that anime is known. I don't think you want to know. Particularly gruesome. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wow. There's an anime. Yeah. Yeah. All the characters. Was there any sort of difficulties yeah. bringing this overseas? No. We no. got we <laughs> got rated right the Peggy eighteen, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the age ratings decide. What, what rating it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're quite happy with that. You can argue it. To be honest, like this for me, you know, you see such cute characters and then you turn the page and you're like, whoa, it's, it's yeah. kind of, I don't know how to explain this. Like the artwork looks beautiful just from what I've seen here, but uh, I don't know how to explain it like this. Like, 
Yeah, it would spoil the story. All right. Um, but the thing is, for me, I'm not really a big fan of horror games, and the reason I say that is because I get scared really easily. <laughs> but I'll give this a try, especially. Yeah, um, try. I will, obviously. But if anything happens, or if I'm just like messed up, it's on. It's on you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I will give it a try, and we'll, I will talk about it on the podcast as well. Um, I don't know why, because I know there are some sort of horror games they kind of censor out blood, but they change the color of the blood, you know, like to pink or whatever. It's something like Dunga Rampa, basically. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot. And for some reason, I'm okay with that, because it's, it's like, oh, then, you know, it's not real people dying, but then you, you put it with kids in this situation. Yeah, let me play all game. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty hardcore, so... I don't know what to say so far, especially because you know you're looking at oh, it's like oh, look at that, that's that's pretty cute, and then you turn the page, and you're like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> but anyway, I'll give it a try and I'll see what it's like because I don't necessarily play horror games. I don't even watch horror films. I watched one recently um, called Crimson Peak. Oh, yeah, that's an alright film. Yeah, it's a horror romance thing. I went with. I, I don't it's know who you went with. Horror romance, yeah, listen. <laughs> It's, it's quite interesting. It wasn't really scary. There was some jump scares, but it wasn't like... You seen this film by Del Toro? Yeah. The new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I see his name, I just remember what PT is now. It makes me sad. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we can ask, what you can talk about, what can we talk about. So what are you guys playing at the moment? Like, let's forget about Marvelous and talk about you guys and what kind of games you guys play. Hmm. Uh, RPGs and uh, RPGs in general. Mm-hmm. As I've said, recently just played through Torchlight 2. It's been in my background for years. Massive Diablo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I spend a lot of time in Diablo 2, Diablo 3. Out between the two. Um, uh, and I've just started Path of Exile again. Um, so, that's what I'm currently playing. Wait, waiting for Xenoblade Chronicles X. That's interesting in my pre-order yeah, so basket for a while mm. yeah. uh, last night me and John had some co-op on Star Wars Battlefront that was nice Star Wars fan mm, that was yeah pleasantly yeah. surprised yeah. yeah I enjoy Star Wars I've always been a fan yeah it needs so to be played on a massive TV it does yeah. massive sound system <laughs> yeah to truly appreciate yeah half as it was meant to be I used to be a big fan of JRPGs, like my favourite of last gen was uh, Lost Odyssey 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't do too well with big long games these days. I'm worried about Xenoblade because I really want to get into it. But I play so much Fantasy 14, which is the MMO, mm-hmm. that I don't have time for much else. <laughs> uh, and I really like the episodic games that do it, but as long as they're good. Like Life is Strange, I recently played mm-hmm. through that, and that was really good. I enjoyed every moment of that. Um, but yeah, other than, other than Fantasy 14, and the occasional game on the side, there's not much else that I play. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love um, also JRPGs very much, like Star Ocean and um, Secret of Mana, which is quite old. Um, I also like Civilization, Anno games. Um, I play a lot of mixtures. I played um, Battlefield with Javier, <laughs> which was very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, actually playing with Javier very often. But, but yeah, why? What my favorite game is actually something from Marvelous, and that's uh, Harvest Moon slash Story of Seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
reason why I really love our company. <laughs> I, I play a little bit of everything really. It depends on I don't know, the particular niche that I have that week. So I love RPGs, both uh, JRPGs and Western. I loved uh, Demon Survivor for DS. It's one of my favorite games. That's a good game. It's, it's excellent. I was just blown away by it. Uh, right now I'm playing a lot of Vermintide um, PC, which is like Left 4 Dead with Skaven, which is amazing. And yeah, a lot of other RPG games, uh, 4X, strategy, first-person shooters, you name it, just, just depends. <laughs> and I'm not sure, you, I've already mentioned what games I like, I'm really into hack and slash games. Um, you guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably already know, so I'm just going to keep this short. Hack and slash games, um, Japanese games in general, weird, obscure games, you know? You know those Japanese games that people kind of look at you and they're like, what the hell is he playing? What's he doing? Um, kind of like Archibus Strip. Anything I that's... I bought that recently. That's a good game. It is, it's really play good. Play it. It's amazing. I've got a PS4. Enjoying it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super interesting, and there are certain things I think you can access on the PS4 version that you can't access. You, you really have to be sort of knowledgeable and engrossed in that culture to get a lot of the content in that game and the jokes. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes that you need to be an otaku to to understand mm. completely. But it, it's a nice game because you know you get the an accurate representation of Akihabara. Like there's some buildings that are still well, there. And like when I went to uh, Japan mm-hmm. recently, you know, I wanted to go to Akihabara. You know, just that that was the one day I had off. I spent the whole day there. Oh, really? in every single shot. Oh, was it interesting? Oh, yeah. Like, did you go Super Potato? Please tell me you did. Yeah, yeah. Went there. Did amazing. you buy anything? The, the, the retro store, right? Yeah. Yeah, I bought loads of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you go to a retro store to buy snacks? Oh. Well, no, I only have so much space in oh, my luggage. Right. And I bought two huge Monster figurines. And I could mm-hmm. barely fit anything else. That's why you buy those, like... You know, suitcase. Know, <laughs> yeah, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Paid it. I was on a budget. <laughs> Just bought a house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, Akiva Strip is totally modelled uh, off that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, playing the game, you know, I can walk around and be like, oh yeah, we're there, we're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I liked it's about great. the game is that they actually keep the stores' names the same. And the flyers as well. Yeah, yeah the, the flyers. flyers and they have like the Sega building everything is just the same like, yeah. which is very weird because you wouldn't necessarily That's imagine a licensing yeah um, there's a licensing issue yeah, there but I know they had a lot of trouble doing that it's like I saw some comparison pictures the other day of Fallout 4 and like actual places in Boston mm-hmm. it's interesting it makes me just want like a Fallout game in London mm-hmm. so I got this before something other than America yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. but sometimes it distracts yeah. In games, but sometimes they just it just works. Yeah, it needs to be like, like contextually done yeah, correctly. So, what is the most interesting game on your lineup at the moment from each of you? Because for me, I have to say it's um, Set on Code because you know that's badass. And you guys, I was surprised when you guys had that massive thing. I don't know what the hell it is, but oh, the big cloth band. Yeah, like where the hell did that, that come was from? Gamescom. <laughs> So we had to we had to divide our booth at Gamescom, one yeah. eighteen plus area and one like all wages area because it hadn't been rated right uh, oh, at see. that point in time. So we had to treat it as an eighteen plus game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, it was a creative solution to dividing our booth in half, is to have this last three by three meter. And you and exactly. just keep it in the office. 
Oh yeah, we got we got to keep that up. We used to have it in a more. It's amazing. A, a more central area, not against the wall. Mm-hmm. It's two sided. There's two different. Yeah. Oh, side of all the packing process is mm-hmm. taken over the office. Yeah, yeah I've noticed that. There's so boxes everywhere. Well, what's <laughs> that? Well, what's that about? Well, we package and ship our special editions ourselves. Wow. We have been. We might move away from that. It's a lot of our next few projects because it is so insanely stressful and you know, like you know, we've got to pack over a thousand boxes for launch day. Um, for know, that's that's hard to do when we're trying to just keep the projects going. Yeah. and manage them and then we have to drop everything for four days it's dedication really <laughs> do you not hire anyone additional just for that we, or? we have done yeah we've hired like a couple of extra people just come mm. and, and help but it's still you know we need to teach them what to do we need to manage them make sure they're doing it right yeah. um, I think we ship like one like well over a thousand SP2 specializations for day one mm-hmm. and there's just like so many bags of, of yeah. royal mail like shipping bags yeah. there's so many the office yeah, and then uh, the Royal Mail coming, yeah, comes up. <laughs> Opens the door. Oh, you need a bigger door. Did you did you call this one in? No, sorry. <laughs> that's that's amazing, actually. I didn't necessarily think that you guys would do it all by yourself. That does sound extremely stressful. Yeah, you get kind of fed up by the end. You're like, no, I didn't fuck um, right. San Cargo too. Do you know what I mean? No. no by the end no. of it all, the, the best part of the job, at least for me, is seeing people's reactions when they mm-hmm. get these packages and they open them and they're so happy like oh wow this is this is, this is amazing and they post pictures on Twitter and then like Takaki we gave him special editions as well you did when you were in Japan yeah yeah. and like tweets them it's just it's good everyone likes it and that's the best part is like mm-hmm. when you do good <laughs> and everyone appreciates it you're like oh, the effort yeah. it was worth it mm-hmm. But do the people necessarily understand that it's just you guys packing? Probably or? not. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least now they know. Yeah. Um. No, we are very, very hands-on. Mm-hmm. Very much, yeah. Each, um, each item in the package we hand-packed. Mm-hmm. And like the artwork yeah. and the piece and stuff. Obviously the art comes from Japan, but we have to put it together, send it off to the printing. So do you get them printed in the UK or? Yeah, um, special items like mousepad and Dakimakura, um, they'll come outside the UK. But yeah, we've got some here that prints, mm. you know, books and cards and things like that. Yeah, but I don't know if you have not seen the games they come from, um, Nintendo or Sony. Mm. They just come as like, when you order a special edition print, it just comes as a flat piece of cardboard. Yeah. And you have to like pop it out, right. fold it up, fold all the corners. Do the insert. So what? What if you cocked it up? <laughs> then yeah, that's where you have you have a backup of replacement units, mm-hmm. at least ten percent in case. Like we had a couple of things where people ah, oh, I've got a poster, and I remember one. I was like, I haven't got a poster, and I was like, I was like double check because the poster's white and the box is white. It might be at the bottom. I got you know back. I found it. It was at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was it's quite a, a funny thing. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Well, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. So with this body pillow, who's using it at the moment? Or is it just him in the yeah, office? This is just a sample we got right the other day. Oh, I see. Uh, so this just came in? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and this is like... I've got one ready to ship out to Japan for mm-hmm. final approval. And then we'll, we'll look at placing a sizable order. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'll be sort of like, a, you know, we'll look at all our pre-order numbers, our estimates for the future, and go, mm-hmm. yeah, like, we want this many. So mm-hmm. which special edition would you get this? 
Uh, the, the, with two, uh, the Bahamkas edition yeah. and the SSSS edition. Is this, is, can you even remember? Don't even try it. Shinobi, Slippery, Splash and Spray, Special, Sports, Sports Special edition. But they're already gone, so I don't know. Yeah, you shouldn't really mention that one. Yeah, they're sort of, yeah. Because they came with two sets of figurines, which we got some left over from Japan. You know, just far out emails. Can we have this? How many have you got? Can you send them over? Wow. So I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for obviously letting me inside your office because sometimes it doesn't go so well. You know, standing outside of someone's office and they're like, who's this guy? That's why I wore the Samurai Cover shirt today, just in case <laughs> just in case people didn't even think I was weird. Um, but yeah, thank you guys obviously for letting me in the office and this cool stuff. You guys, if you're listening, I'm not going to tell you what it is until the episode comes out. Um, thanks for coming yeah. as well we appreciate oh, you putting in the time <laughs> making me blush now um, but yeah hope you guys have enjoyed this episode remember guys we're also doing a special crossover episode on our anime podcast and we'll be talking about Saran Kagura the animation Woo. anyway thank you thank you thanks, thanks. cheers